there ever been a time in your life where death and dying has been talked about or we've been bombarded with death and dying and deaths and numbers of deaths uh, any time in history? So the time that you've been alive, if you are currently alive in 2020, 2021, 2022 and beyond, it seems that the topic of death has become uh, very controversial uh, and how do we deal with it? What a great question. Uh, interestingly, we're all going to die, and uh, I'm the ultimate optimist, but that's just how it's going to be. And there's three parts to that. One is, can we choose how we're going to die, uh, barring accident? How much accident can we avoid? Uh, how long do you want to live for? There's a great question. And barring accident, can we live for a very long time? Uh, and if we have to deal with death, if we are a parent, a teacher, a coach, a boss, a leader, and people need help with how to deal with either their own mortality or somebody in their life, somebody they care about is going to die or has died, how do we deal with that? So if we finish with the end game, which is we're all going to die, we only die once. And I'm going to say this, uh, it's something that I share with myself every day. We only die once, but we live every day. And we don't know when we're going to die. We all have the same amount of time, though, don't we, in, in, at specifically now. So we all have 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 52 weeks in a year. We just don't know when that kind of timeline is going to come to an end. How many more days, months, weeks, years do we have left? And I would like to live my life uh, as if, and I know that we hear this a lot as if it was my last day, but I just want to live every day and celebrate every day and make the most of every day, knowing that I don't know when my last day will be and uh, knowing that I'm going to die. So I would like to do something every day that adds value to my life, to the world, that, that makes my life a celebration. So there's a, a, probably a great place to start. What can you do every day to make your day awesome, amazing, fun? And I have a few things that I love to put into place and they might be helpful. Uh, I'm a, a really big believer that we need to laugh every day. Imagine looking back over your life and, and thinking there's so many days where I could have laughed and I didn't. Uh, I could have watched a funny movie. I could have... Uh, what, uh, read a happy book, I could have looked in a joke book, I could have watched some YouTube clips of comedians, I could have laughed and I didn't. Uh, and I think every day that we don't laugh is a wasted day. So that's a big one for me uh, to make every day really special. Uh, the other one is to learn every day because is it possible that if we learn more, then we might live longer? And that's one of the really interesting things about uh, the current studies of longevity. They're being done by people who want to live a long time. So they're working out, okay, what does the human body have to do? How does the brain have to work? What do we have to change? What lifestyle things have to be different so that we can live a really long time? Because those people want to live a long time because they've got stuff to do. And that's probably another great question. Not only do we live every day, but what is our purpose for living? And a lot of people say to me, Rowie, you talk about wanting to die when you're 120, 30, 40, 50. And that's true. And the question is then, why do you want to live so long? Because the reverse of that, there's a lot of people who say to me, I don't want to live a long time because I don't want to be an 80, 90 year old person uh, who's sick and frail and can't do all the things that I want to do. 
Well, again, there's two parts to that. You don't have to be sick and frail and old. You can stay young for a really long time. Uh, and when you study the people who are living over 100, and there's several places in the world where not only are people living over 100, but they're not in a retirement village, they're not in a hospital, they're not sick, they're just living their life, their normal, awesome life. They're playing their sport, making love to their partner, eating yummy food. Uh, most of them are still working. Uh, and and not just working, but physically working. So it's not that we can't live a long time with great quality because we can, and that's already proven. The people that are studying longevity, they're just looking at, can we go from 110 to 120 to 130 to 150? And what do we need to do to be able to do that? But the next part of that is, if you've got a lot of stuff to do, you need a long time to do it. And that's the question that I answer when people say to me, Rowie, how come you want to live for such a long time? And... <laughs> I used to think when I first started as an exercise professional, I used to think that it would might that it might take me 10, 20 years at the most to excite and, ins and inspire people to exercise. I thought once I get this great message out there that when you exercise, you feel fit, you feel strong, you've got a stack of energy, you can do all the things that you want to do, you feel positive and happy all the time, your self-esteem improves, your self-confidence is better, and life is much, much more awesome when you are healthy, fit and strong. And I thought that message would get out pretty quickly. Uh, here I am 40 years later, 40 plus years as an exercise professional, and in that time frame, the world has gotten fatter and sicker and weaker and more depressed and more overweight. And it's just been really uh, interesting. And I have to say interesting because otherwise I'd be sad. It's been interesting to watch that and why has that happened. And obviously, as I've become older and wiser, and there's another great quote, some people get older and wiser and some people just get older. And I don't want that to be me. I want to get older and wiser and better and fitter and stronger and more excited about life. Uh, I, I just would like people to uh, be healthy, fit and strong and understand how good that feels. And I get that as I've become wiser, uh, I can't change humans. I can't make people want to be healthy. It doesn't matter how passionate I am or how excited I am about exercise or how good it makes me feel or how even how awesome my life has been because... And often people say, I need somebody to inspire me and excite me and motivate me to be healthy, fit and strong. Uh, and that's that question I always ask. Could you pick, could you be 20, pick a size, pick a weight, pick an energy level, pick a passion level and just stay that way for the rest of your life? And the answer is yes, because if you're fit and if you're strong and if you uh, want to do all of those things, of course you can. But it seems that people don't want to. So that's been one of my interesting headspace changes is I can't change humans. People only change when they want to. So my driving force to live for a really long time is that there's kids being born today and there'll be kids being born tomorrow and the next day and for the next 20, 30 years. And maybe there'll be somebody in that group uh, that really wants to help me get that message out there that life can be happy and positive and exciting. And I share that with you really from my heart to yours because that's something I don't understand. I've lived a long time. I'm a mature old lady and I can't understand when it's so simple to be healthy, to be fit, to be strong. It's so quick. It's so easy. It's not complicated. And yet so many people, it seems, would prefer to be unfit, uh, overweight, weak, uh, miserable, grumpy, all of those things. I don't understand that and I'm not going to ever try and understand that now. I just want to make sure that the simple message of being healthy, fit and strong gets out to the world and it's available to the people being born and the, and our young adults, our kids now, and I call them young adults. 
So I've got a purpose, which means I've got to live a long time because I think it's going to take a long time. So what's your purpose? If you want to live a long time, is it possible that we have to have reasons to do that? Uh, the psychologists, psychiatrists, neuroscientists, head doctors will all say that the people that are mentally healthy, the people that are mentally tough and strong are the ones with a purpose. If you've got a reason to get up and go, you're more likely to uh, be less challenged or not challenged at all with any of the mental health challenges that the world seems to be full of. So if you want to live a long time, probably you need to set a goal to live a long time and then you need to have a reason to do it. So what is your purpose for waking up every day and how do you make every day special, but how do you also make sure that you have what you need to live a long time if you want to? So that's my strategy is to laugh every day, to learn every day. And a lot of my learning now is based on how do I live a long time so that I can get this message across. Then love, of course. What would life be like without love? And whether it's love for uh, your family, your friends, your partner, your puppy dogs, uh, and something about animals for me is such an unconditional love. I've always uh, wanted, when I was a little kid, I didn't have animals and I wanted animals. Uh, I wanted to have them inside the house sleeping with me and now we've got four dogs sleeping on our bed with us. makes life awesome, every day awesome. Uh, but to me, love is a, and it's different for everybody because of course you can love ice cream and you can love going out to, to the beach or you can have a passionate love for a person or you can have a love for your community or for your world. But what would the world be like without love? And that's one of the things that on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure that I've got a happy headspace, I'm focusing on the people in my life that I love now and how can I make sure that I'm around for them. That's why I want to live a long time. Uh, and I've also outlived uh, a lot of my puppy dogs. I've uh, Ever since I've been a mature adult, I have had dogs. And that means I've lost a lot of dogs uh, because dogs obviously don't live uh, forever. And that's one of the things that why uh, death to me is a really interesting topic. Because when you get a puppy dog, you know that it's going to die. When you, as a human, we know we're going to die. When we've got other humans in our life, we know that they too are going to die. And it's not something we focus on. I hope, you know, when am I going to die? Uh, but how about this? Again, we only die once. We live every day. But if somebody does die, if we lose somebody special, could it be a really good idea to celebrate their life rather than be sad about their death? Now, I know that's it's easy for me to say that I'm standing in my happy, positive kitchen and I've got a happy, positive life. And it's easy to talk about uh, uh, talking about something like death logically when you're not living that at the moment. But can I please share with you that I have lived a long time and I too have had many people, very special people in my life have died. Uh, and... I have my, one of my coping strategies, one of the ways that I handle the absolute pain and heartache of losing someone that I really love is celebrating their life rather than being sad about it. And I use my father as an example. Uh, I talk about him a lot because he obviously had a big influence on my life. And I uh, often invest a lot of my life on one of the reasons I'm so focused on longevity is somebody like my father, I think he should have lived longer. He was diagnosed with the disease. We took that diagnosis on board and believed it. I didn't. Uh, I argued with the neuroscientists and the head doctors that why can't we build his brain back? Why does he have to have Alzheimer's? Uh, but I was just a bit before my time. 
But someone like my father who could speak seven languages fluently, he could uh, quote the Bible verbatim, he'd had this amazing life experience and had so much to offer, uh, he could have had another 40, 50 years or more uh, if, if we understood or if he was living now uh, and he knew and was learning every day about how to live longer. Uh, one of the things that happened to my dad is he put, he took that diagnosis on board. Someone pointed the bone at him and said, you've got Alzheimer's, your brain's rotting away. And it's almost like we take that on board. So that's another part of death that I think uh, if we're going to talk about it, we should probably talk about it quite openly. Is it possible that a lot of people are told they're going to die and they believe it and then they die? Is it possible there's the opposite to that where there's a lot of people, you're going to die. They go, no, I'm not. I refuse. And I'm sure you've met or heard about people that have been given a terminal illness diagnosis. You've got six months to live or six years to live. And 16 years or 60 years later, they're still alive because they've got a driving force inside to fight whatever the diagnosis is, which is one of those things I always suggest if you get a diagnosis for a terminal illness. If somebody tells you that you're going to die, do you have to take that on board? Could you get a second opinion, a third opinion, a 50th opinion? And even if somebody says that you're going to die, we are all going to die. How about we live every day and celebrate life and do those amazing things that make every day special? So as I shared, I laugh every day, learn every day, love every day and focus on love. Uh, one of the things that came out and I share every single morning, the first thing we say, the first words that come out of our mouth every day is I love you. And it's not oh, because we're in the habit of it. It's because I love my husband and I want him to know that. And what a beautiful way to start the day to tell the person that you love that you love them. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the alarm's gone off and we've got to go to work and we're busy and we're stressed and, and, blah, blah, and the day starts and we don't focus on the reason why we're living the day. Uh, if you're busy and you're stressed, you've got work and you've got to make money and who are you making money for? What's the purpose of waking up in the morning? Is it to get up and go to work and pay your lousy stinky rotten bills? Or should life be more about focusing on what is every day? How can I celebrate every day? So am I laughing? Am I learning? Am I loving? I always, of course, include huff, puff and lift in both of those because if I want to live a long time, I need to be fit and I need to be strong. And this is the next part of death that I think uh, as leaders, as coaches, as bosses, parents, teachers, we need to really focus on. Uh, there are accidents that cause us to die that we have absolutely no control over. So if we get hit by lightning or a tree falls on us or... Uh, a random accident happens, do we have control over that? Uh, and there's a lot of people who will say, when your time's up, it's up, and whatever's going to happen, happens. So I'll use that as an example, though. If I get hit by lightning, if I'm outside in a storm, uh, am I more or less likely to get hit by lightning? So if I go out into the storm and there's lightning, uh, is there more likelihood that I'll get hit? And of course the answer is yes. So they're, they're those things that we've got to weigh up in life, the risks in life. And you might want to be outside when there's an electrical storm and just appreciate how exciting it is. But we also have to accept the risk of that. And that's what I love about life and love being an adult is that we get to choose. Uh, there are people who die in uh, sporting accidents 
so uh, they crash because they're a downhill skier or a race car driver or a, a, a water skier or, or a snowboarder or a cross-country mountain bike rider or a motocross rider or a Formula One driver uh, and they die in an accident in their sport. And there's an argument to say, well, they shouldn't, if they don't want to die early, they shouldn't be doing those high-risk sports. But here's my question. If you could choose how you were going to die, have you ever thought about it? How would you like to die? Now, mine, and I share this often, uh, I, to me, it's, oh, I think we can live to 150, 60. I'm not sure yet because the longevity experts are working on it. But for me, it'll be to live exactly the way as I am now, healthy, fit, strong, happy, laughing every day, learning every day, loving every day, getting puffed every day, lifting heavy a couple of times every week, uh, helping the world to become a better place because I want to share information that helps people to be healthy, fit, strong and happy. And the the day will be that I wake up, I have a, a sprint session, I lift heavy things, I eat yummy food, listen to great music, make love to my partner, have an awesome day and then die peacefully in my sleep at 140 or 50. Now that's my choice. Uh, that's my ideal way of dying. But I'm going to ask you, have, if you haven't thought about it, I uh, hear some ideas that people have shared with me because I ask, you know, if you could choose how you're going to die. Because I don't want to die as an old rickety person, weak and frail in a wheelchair in a retirement village with tubes in my nose and, and full of, of pills. I don't want to. I don't want to die like that. I'd rather die early. And that's what a lot of people share with me. They don't want to live a long time because they think they have to live like that. Well, of course you don't. So some people have shared with me that they are downhill skiers. So they want to die at 90, 100, 120 on doing a double black diamond run on their famous on, on their favourite mountain and die famously at, at, at over 100 uh, because they had a skiing accident. You know, this Mrs Jones died at 110 skiing a double black diamond run in her favourite ski field. Wow, <laughs> what a great news story. Uh, there's people who are surfers and they're still surfing at 100, 110. Or they, they share with me, I want to still be surfing when I'm 100 and then I want to get eaten by a shark because I don't want to die in a retirement village. I want to die in the ocean and sharks live in the ocean and, and what a great way to go is uh, to be in my favourite place. Uh, there are people who share with me that they would like to, uh, and I always share this story because it's an interesting one, there was a, a gentleman in Melbourne at a Formula One race. He was a marshal, and he got hit in the head with a, a wheel that came off a Formula One car, and it hit him in the head and it killed him. And I'm saying this with the positivity because that's exactly what his wife said. She said, if my husband could pick the way he was going to die, it was going to be exactly that, at a Formula One race as a marshal, and a, and a wheel of a Formula One car hits him in the head. Uh, there are people who share with me that they'd like to die uh, in their favourite place. So it's uh, on the top of a mountain or at the beach or in a, at a, in a beautiful lake. Uh, and they just want to just peacefully fall asleep and die. Uh, and I'm, I'm asking all of these questions because I think we put a lot of negativity on death. And particularly in the last few years, if you've lived through a worldwide ma uh, medical pandemic and on your television screen every day, and I hope you didn't have your television on, but millions of people did. They had their television on and, and irresponsible news people every day would put so many deaths, so many deaths, so many deaths, so many deaths. And we were bombarded with it. Our children were bombarded with, oh, mommy, how many people died today? And parents were put in a situation where they had to explain to their children what was going on. Uh, interestingly, 
uh, we were bombarded with people dying from that particular challenge. But if you want to be negative, did you know that people, millions of people die? It's a medical pandemic every year for the last probably 100 years. People have died from heart attacks, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, lung cancer, uh, horrible, horrible diseases, medical pandemics. And thousands, millions of people die every day from those horrible things. But isn't it interesting, and this is my optimistic big spin on all of that, is they're the things that we have control over. I can't control if I'm out um, enjoying my favorite walk in the, in the bush or in the mountains and I get hit by lightning or a, a, a rock rolls down and, and knocks me off the, the, the path and I, or I die in the mountains. They're accidents. But coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of those old age diseases and now young people's diseases, uh, the medical professionals will share with us very openly that we are giving those diseases to ourselves by mouth and by inactivity. If you're healthy, fit and strong, your chances, your risk of dying from obesity, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, Alzheimer's, all of the head uh, diseases are almost zero. And even cancer, uh, the top oncologists in the world are sharing with us that your chances of dying from cancer, if you're fit and strong, is about 80-20. There's an 80% chance that A, you won't ever get cancer. And if you do get it, there's an 80% chance that it's not going to kill you because you're fit and strong. So there's a lot of risks that we can reduce. Now, if you want to die in the ocean surfing, there's a risk that you're going to get eaten by a shark. (laughs) And I'll go back a step. If you go surfing in the ocean, there's a risk that you're going to get eaten by a shark. If you are a Formula One driver, there's a risk that you're going to have a smash and die. Uh, If you, any of those risky things that we choose to do, there's a much higher risk that we're going to die early. But interestingly, the choice of, being overweight, uh, diseased, inactive, eating crappy food all the time, smoking too much, drinking too much, taking drugs, all of the things that affect our body physically, they are a choice and they put us in a really high risk category of dying early. So if we were bombarded every day as we have been for the last few years on deaths, if God forbid they ever do this, if we were bombarded with deaths from coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, cancer, obesity, and then if you add to that, which is really interesting, uh, things like car accidents and falls, uh, a lot of car accidents are caused by people who drink too much. Uh, A lot of car accidents now are caused by people who are texting while they're driving. Taking a risk while you're driving, uh, obviously if you text while you're driving, there's a much higher risk that you're going to die early. Uh, So how much control do we have over when we're going to die? And I think it's pretty exciting to be able to say, barring accident, and I'm talking about random acts of God accident, uh, most accidents can be avoided. Uh, and if, of course, if you don't want to get eaten by a shark, you wouldn't swim in the ocean. There are some people that don't fly in a plane because they don't want to die in a plane crash. Uh, interestingly, uh, far more people die in car crashes than doing plane crashes. So that's just an interesting observation. But I'll go back to my original suggestion is we're all going to die. <laughs> how are we going to live? What's your purpose for living? Uh, if you could choose how you were going to die, would you, would you prefer to choose 
how you are going to die rather than die from having a heart attack, being overweight or obese, uh, having coronary. And the really yucky one is uh, cardiovascular disease type 2 diabetes. At least when you have a heart attack, and I'm being flippant for a reason because it's a horrible thing to happen, I get that. But the, the first symptom for most people who die of a heart attack, in fact, most men who die of a heart attack, uh, is instant death. Because they don't go to the doctor and they don't get their blood pressure checked and they don't get their blood cholesterols checked and they, they're unfit and unhealthy, uh, most people, most men that die of a heart attack, it's born dead. So they were perfectly normal doing their thing and then they die instantly. Which, if you're going to choose how to die, that'd be kind of better than this one. Type 2 diabetes is long and slow. So if you've got type 2 diabetes, if your arteries are clogged up with uh, eating too, your, the sugar in your body can't be distributed into your muscles, your hormonal system's screwed up because you're overweight, unhealthy, inactive, all of those horrible things. Uh, type 2 diabetes starts with blindness and amputation. So to me, that's you may as well be dead. If you have to get your fingers and toes cut off and your arms and legs cut off and then you go blind because you're not healthy, fit and strong. And I say this reasonably aggressively because uh, type 2 diabetes is preventable and curable. Uh, it's one of those things that some people end up having to get a kidney transplant, for example, that costs everybody millions of dollars and it's a horrible experience to have to, to get your kidneys taken out and get new ones. But if you are serious about getting rid of your type 2 diabetes, if you get healthy, if you lose weight, if you eat healthy food and if you get really fit and strong, you will remove type 2 diabetes from your life. And I'm putting that up as a challenge because it's one of the biggest killers in the world. So if, if that's not the way you want to die, you don't have to. Uh, barring, and that goes with the 80-20 rule with your heart, 20% of people who die of any kind of heart challenge it's because they had no control over it. But 80% of people that die from a heart challenge is from inactivity and poor diet. So we can control it. Wouldn't you love to live a long time with great quality, with lots of purpose? Uh, would that be a great message to share with our kids? What if our kids could grow up knowing that, yeah, we're going to die, we're all going to die, and, and how are we going to live? <laughs> how are we going to live every day? Are we going to laugh every day? Are we going to learn every day? Are we going to love with passion every day? Are we going to get puffed every day so we stay fit for the rest of our lives? Are we going to lift heavy a couple of times or once a week so that we stay strong for the rest of our lives? Are we going to invest time with passionate, positive people? Uh, are we going to learn how to overcome stress and challenge? And I'll use that as another example. There are a lot of medical professionals now who are sharing with us that stress is one of the biggest killers in the world. Because when your body's under stress, it becomes not at ease. It becomes diseased. So all of the things, when you're fit and strong, uh, when you get stressed, your body goes stressed, uh, increased blood pressure, increased uh, resting heart rate, increased blood fats, increased blood sugar, go run, fight or flight, which your body's really capable of doing. So when you get stressed, obviously the best thing you can do if you don't want to die early is to go punch a bag, kick a bag, sprint, run up some stairs, get puffed, lift heavy or both, and you'll disperse stress really quickly. But most people don't do that. Most people, when they're stressed, they drink alcohol, they smoke, they take drugs, they gamble, they eat lots of food, and they leave all of that uh, stress. High blood sugar levels, high blood fat levels, high resting heart rate, high blood pressure, it all stays, and they are now in a state of dis-ease. Uh, all controllable. And as you can, I'm sure you can imagine now, that's why I feel like I'm on the planet 
because all of those things are completely controllable. We don't have to be overweight. We don't have to have coronary heart disease. We don't have to have type 2 diabetes. We don't have to have cancer. And the really interesting thing, even with all of those, doesn't matter which disease you pick, every medical professional who's been studying longevity and how to prevent uh, disease will share with us that exercise is medicine and medicine is exercise. So if you want to reduce your risk of dying from a disease, any disease, get yourself really fit and really strong. Isn't that exciting? So we can live barring accident, random accident. We can live for as long as we want to with great quality of life. Is that not really exciting? How do we deal with death? And I touched on this right at the beginning. Uh, if somebody dies, and this is just a beautiful gift that was given to me, uh, it hurts. I get that. And we all know that it hurts. If, if, if you cared about the person or the puppy dog or that special person, human, breeding creature in your life, it hurts when they die. But that pain is only there because we had somebody in our life that we could love. We could feel that really powerful emotion called love. And it only hurts when they go because we love them so much. And I think that's really special. Imagine living your whole life not knowing what it was like to love so passionately and so completely that if that person died or if they leave you, that it didn't hurt. If somebody dies and it doesn't hurt, is it possible that that person wasn't very important to you? And I use this again, I, I don't, this one, I don't want to be flippant, but people die every day and we hear it every day. Particularly in the last few years, we've, we've had listed on the television how many deaths today. But people die in car accidents reported every day. People die in wars, floods, droughts, earthquakes. People die every day. But we tend not to be emotionally upset by the people that, we, that died that we don't know. The noise you can hear in the background is my little puppy dog, Brutus. Uh, talk about celebrating every day. He's 20 years of age. He's a puppy dog that's 20. Most people say to me, dogs don't live till 20. Well, they do. Uh, very few, of course. It's the extreme end. Uh, the, the longest living dog uh, by the Guinness Book of World Records is a dog from Australia who lived over 30. So we tell Broody every day, guess what, Brutus? You're going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest living dog ever. Uh, what a great gift he's given us. We thought that we thought we'd be really privileged if, if he got 15 or 16 or 17, then he got 18 years and then it was 19 and now he's in his 20th, well now he's in his 21st year and he's still here and you can hear him, he makes noise every day when I talk to you. Uh, that makes me appreciate life. He helps me celebrate life and when he goes, because he's going to, and I think that's a really important thing that we really need to understand as humans, particularly as leaders and parents and teachers, that if somebody dies, however they die, it can't be a shock. We can't be surprised. We can't lose it. Uh, and I know that's a challenging thing for me to say, but I'm in a leadership role and I've had, yes, both my parents have died. I've had people on my team. I've had clients die. Uh, and... I've had people rely on me to be tough and strong when somebody dies. Uh, when my, in particular, when my, my father died, uh, I, I got the, I remember very clearly where I was. I, my, I found out on a Saturday, Super Day Saturday morning, 
and it, it hit me, it was hard, but I knew that my father was going to die. We all know that everybody in their life is going to die, but I had been told that, that his brain had rotted away and he was going to die. And I was going to share this with you before. Uh, he wanted me, when he really started to deteriorate, when his brain started to deteriorate, he very beautifully shared with me that he wanted to choose how he was going to die. Uh, and what he shared with me was he didn't want me to see uh, at, see him as he deteriorated. And this is a really it's a tough uh, conversation. May you never have to have it, but if you do, uh, and if it could be that you have to have it with somebody else, uh, would it be a really respectful thing to do when somebody talks to us about how they want to die or the pain they don't want to be in or the challenges they don't want to have? Should we respect that? And uh, I, I copped a lot from a lot of people because when my father said to me, I don't want you to visit me anymore. I don't want you to see me in this horrible hospital bed uh, and I don't want you to see me die like this. And my father had a very good, well, he had a serious temper. Uh, he was a fiery man and I could see the fire in his eyes. He was really, he looked me in the eye and was very aggressively telling me, I don't want you to see me at my worst. But he looked me in the eye and very uh, passionately shared with me he said, you have a purpose, go and live your purpose. And it's interesting because every time I do a chat like this, every time I talk to a large group of people in a big conference or seminar, uh, I, I, I feel my dad. He, he used to say this to me, if you can't stand up and speak without notes, you should sit down and shut up. Uh, <laughs> when we went to church or anywhere we went, if anybody was ever reading off notes or talking from notes, he would pull us out. He would take me home from church and say, "We're not. We can read at home. If that if that person can't deliver information from their heart and with passion without notes, we're not staying here to listen." I'm just sharing with you one of the cool things about my dad. And this is the interesting thing about death. Isn't it awesome that we can celebrate the person's life rather than, or could we celebrate the person's life rather than be sad about it? I wish my dad had lived another 50 years. I wish my dad would live forever, but, but we're not. None of us are going to live forever. We're all going to die. So here's my last question. How are you going to live every day? What are you going to add? What value are you going to add to the world every day to make your world, the world, your community, your family better every day? How are you going to add value? And if we only get one, uh, 60, 60 minutes in an hour and 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week, and 52 weeks in a year, we don't know how many years we're going to get. Why would we waste time on being negative, grumpy, gossiping, criticizing, pulling people down? They're the things that I don't understand and I just don't want anything to do with. <laughs> how about you? I don't want to be involved in any situation that wastes any minute of my celebration of life and my living of life. I want to love every day and add value to my life and other people's lives every day so that I can look back over my life and say, I'm really proud of my life. I did all the things I wanted to do. I, I woke up every day with a purpose. I laughed every day. I learnt every day. I loved with my entire heart and soul. And I wanted to add value to my world, and I did. And I think it would be 
very sad to look back over your life. Whatever, whatever design you have for your life, and may you have one, I think it would be very sad to look back over our life and say, I could have, should have, would have. Now we can't because they're silly words. There is no could have, should have, would have. There's just I didn't. Well, I want to be the opposite. I want to live my life every day. And at the end of my life, I want to say, I did. How about you?